Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast, a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Hola, mi gente. You just get me today. It's just me. Before we get into it, because I really want to kind of get into what I have felt for a while and I really need to get a lot off my chest, I just want to share with you the wine that I'm drinking today. It's actually a wine that we featured for our September virtual wine tasting from Cremosi Vineyards out of Willamette Valley in Oregon. And they are a Latina-owned winery. And it is Sofia Torres is one of the owners. And let me just explain. It's elegant but bolder Pinot Noir. It's actually a lot darker than most Pinot Noirs. It's a deep, dark fruit color, big aromas showing the maturity of our vines. Notes of cranberries, black cherries, blackberries with a spice finish. It definitely has an intense color. And the other thing that I could taste was plum when I took a drink. So let me do my cheers. Mmm, that's so good. And I'm not going to finish the bottle because apparently the longer it sits, the better it gets. So I definitely do not want to mess with that. So we're here. We're at the end of Latinate Heritage Month. And... You know, as we formally come to a close of this month, I really wanted to get a few things off of my chest because I am Latina 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And so are over 16 million other Latinos in this country. So we're not just Latino from September 15th to October 15th. But so many companies don't see us or amplify our stories until September 15th rolls around. And then October 15th comes, Latina Heritage Month is over, and we're relegated back to the stories of immigration or ignored altogether. Yet I have seen so much arguing back and forth in regards to using the words Latinx and the newly coined phrase, no sabo kid, and more. And there's a reason that I'm saying this because there's so many more important things and I'm going to get to that. But the biggest thing that has been very frustrating to me is more than ever this year in particular, the gatekeeping of our community by our own community. Honestly, I don't care how you identify yourself. That's your business. I myself identify as Latina, Chicana, or Mexican-American. I also prefer Latine over Latinx as an inclusive term as E is already part of the Spanish language and much easier to include than X. And I often interchange Latine and Latino as I speak about my community at large. But honestly, the fact is that Latinos will account for 60% of population growth through 2050. And I'm not talking about immigration. I'm talking about us who have lived here and how we are growing. And many of us live bicultural lives. 
We love tacos and hamburguesas. We love ceviche and pho. We love french fries and tostadas. We grew up with piñatas and trick-or-treating. But God forbid that chancla comes out, right? We don't want that. And I know this is kind of, these are kind of silly things and just like the teeniest, tiniest snapshot of what many of us grew up with. But that's because I grew up in the U.S. And I've always maintained close ties to my Mexican culture. And whatever country you identify your Latinidad with, I know you have your own memories and ties to that country and that culture because we are not all Mexican. And I know most of the people who listen to this and probably everybody who listens to this knows that, right? But it still has to be said because so many people outside of our community, they just see somebody who's brown or who has a last name and they automatically assume that you're Mexican. But there are over 20 countries or territories that are part of Latin America, So to ignore the individual characteristics of those countries would be insulting. And to not want to learn about these countries is ignorant. So let me give you an example. Did you know that Peru has a large population that is Japanese-Peruvian? And I honestly just found this out. I knew there was a large Japanese influence in Peru. I just didn't know why. And that's because um, the Empire of Japan chose Peru as a destination for its citizens during the Meiji period, which was between 1968 and 1912. So prior to World War I. So since that, and Peru was actually the first Latin American country to enter into diplomatic relations with Japan. I had no idea, right? But you don't know what you don't know, right? And that's neither here nor there right now because I, I could go into a whole tangent. But, you know, the other thing is we can't ignore Afro-Latino brothers and sisters because so many of the stories they have shared about not feeling seen And the racism felt by our community, as so many Latin American countries have put an emphasis on Euro standards of beauty with light skin, light eyes, trying to get rid of pelo malo. And if you don't know what pelo malo is, it's pelo malo is like bad hair, like getting the kinks out, right? Having that good straight hair. No, we cannot let them not be seen. They're such an important part of our whole community. And then I can't, like, I would be amiss, obviously, if I didn't say anything about our Native brothers and sisters. And yes, there's many who live in the U.S., and we need to stand up and speak out and use our money for that, for all of these communities. But I'm talking also about the ones that live throughout Latin American countries and still speak their native native language. Jeez, I'm just having a hard time tripping over my words, and I've only had two sips of wine. Which, obvio, isn't Spanish, right? Spanish is not a native language to the native community. That's the language of the colonizers, but I'll, again, get to that in a minute. But if we don't know enough about them or care enough to learn about them, that makes us just as ignorant as people who think we're all Mexican. So, look, I know that there's a lot for me to learn in this life. We all do. We all have a lot to learn. But I've just become so frustrated with the gatekeeping the judgment, the no sabo attitude, because there's no way for anybody to truly know my experience or anybody else's experience unless we take the time to learn. So speaking of which, I haven't really talked about this probably much until the well, unless for like the very first podcast, but both my parents' first language is Spanish. Growing up, they would get into trouble, like trouble, hardcore trouble for speaking it. So I think it definitely holds a trauma for them. So when my mom had me, she wanted English to be my first language and figured she would speak enough Spanish for me to pick it up. But she didn't speak a lot of Spanish. She ended up becoming English dominant. So how can I pick pick up on a language that wasn't spoken to me often? 
Like there was obviously words and phrases that I would pretty much, you know, that she would say often and things that I would pretty much understood everything that was said to me, but it wasn't, I wasn't fluent as a child. And it was when I went to my friend's houses whose parents mostly spoke Spanish where I got my education. And look, my Spanish is far from perfect, but I can conduct business and personal matters if I need to. But regardless of that, my fluency in Spanish does not define my Latinidad or anybody else's. So can we please stop with the gatekeeping and make space for all of us to learn and to grow? So speaking of growth, the podcast has grown tremendously. And let me say, I obviously don't know everyone who follows me on social media or listens to the podcast, but I do appreciate you. Everyone who's ever posted a review or reached out to me, You all have no idea how much it means to me that you hold space for this podcast in your day, because ultimately it's about the people who have gifted their time to share their story. And it's allowed me to grow. And I hope you all feel the same, but beyond the words, we need to take action. Don't get me wrong. It's extremely important for us to use our voices, like to support our community. But here's the thing. If we don't use our pocketbooks, are we really supporting one another? And I want to give you a couple of examples of what I'm trying to say, like what I mean by that. Earlier this year, In the Heights was like super anticipated by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It was released. It was like super, super anticipated. There was a ton of fanfare and with the fanfare comes criticism naturally. And there was a ton of criticism in regards to Afro-Latino representation. Now, as I learned more, obviously this is absolutely a fair, valid and needed criticism. Honestly, I had no idea of what demographic Washington Heights was or is. I live in San Diego, like literally as practically as far across the country as you could get. But I went and I spent my money to see it regardless for two very, very important reasons. As a quote unquote exennial, right? I kind of bridged the generation X and millennial eras. As an exennial Latina, I didn't grow up seeing myself or seeing my family on screen. Salma Hayek, Jennifer Lopez, Eva Longoria, they weren't famous growing up. And living in California, Selena wasn't as big as she was in Texas. Then when you think of it, when the movie came out, I was 17. She passed away or she got murdered really a few months before I graduated high school. So I was 17 already. And then when the movie came out, I think I was about 2021 when the movie actually came out. So the second reason was supporting our community at large was more important to me or is more important to me than my specific experience. I was watching on TikTok and I was on a lot of clubhouse calls where people would say they weren't going to see it for a couple of reasons. The first being that the Latino experience wasn't theirs. And second, the lack of representation of what Washington Heights really looked like. But here's my challenge with those reasons. If we don't financially support these projects, it makes it less likely that we'll see a wider variety of stories within our communities be told. So let me let me be clear. I'm not saying that we should only appreciate it because it's what we've been given. I'm saying we need to show the power of our pocketbooks to allow these more stories to be told. We can support and be critical. These things are not mutually exclusive. But if we don't support our community, why would anybody else? Wine break. Time to refill that glass and come back for more wine and cheese Hola, mi gente. If you haven't heard, I am here to share with you the Wine and Cheese podcast has launched the very first Latine owned wine brand directory 
forever. Just go to the wineandcheesemitpodcast.com. Then go to Wine Brand Directory. There you will be greeted by me. But more importantly, you will be able to choose a winery first by region, then by county. And the wineries in that area will not only be listed, but you can connect directly to them from this site. It couldn't be easier than that, right? Use this directory to plan your own wine adventure or learn about some of these Latine vintners or share it with a friend and have them buy some Latine wine as well. Something like this has ever been available. So go use it and support our community. Speaking of supporting our community, (laughs) I really want to share something with you that has happened because obviously we are coming to the close of Latine Heritage Month. And I was talking to you guys about using our money in our pocketbook. But we have to be able to talk about our own community as well. We need to hold each other accountable. And this happens. I need to read you something that my friend, her client got. And then she asked her and Hispanicize and Unidos Together. It's the largest virtual and in-person gathering of Latinx, Latine influencers, content creators, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and media and entertainment innovators. Okay. They were doing a free event. Yes, it was a free event. And they were wanting over a hundred items, physical products to place inside a gift bag and have to be shipped to Miami and have to be shipped to LA. They weren't offering the shipping costs. They were sending this email out asking for small business owners to send it. And here is my challenge with that. Hispanicize is a multi-million dollar company and they are asking small business owners to gift them. So I posted about it on my stories. I was really upset and I tagged them. I There's no reason why not to tag them, right? We have to be able to call out our own community. And this is the response that I got. So sorry you feel that way. That is not it at all. We made it open to the public to submit items they'd want influencers to post about. These are some of the largest Latin influencers in the world and one of the largest Latin summits. It's an opportunity to create buzz around your product with influencers that otherwise you maybe would not have been in contact with. We understand what it takes to create a product and be a small business. We support all of the Latin small businesses. We just wanted to be open. So here was my response. I appreciate the response. Let me ask a question. Is there a reason Hispanicize is unable to pay these vendors and you pass them along to these influencers? Again, exposure alone doesn't pay rent. And I'm sure many of these businesses were so flattered that you reached out to them. But there's no guarantee of ROI, which is like the rate of return, right? For them, Hispanicize should be working to uplift our community in all ways, including financially. So is there a reason they can't get paid by you while also putting these items in the hands of influencers? And they really didn't give me an answer. They just said that they were looking to small businesses. They've sponsored other campaigns. It was an idea to promote small businesses. That was it. It's an opportunity for exposure to a network they may not other have access to. Now, let me read you some of the sponsors that were part of this event. They had Satellites, Facebook, Warner Media, Makers Mark, McDonald's, Mele Skincare, Procter & Gamble, Buchanan's, Google. These were some of their sponsors for this event. These multi-million dollar corporations, yet they were unable, not unable, unwilling to pay these small Latine-owned vendors for their products and wanted them for free to put into influencers' hands where there's no guarantee that they will ever say anything. And often I've heard that they don't. 
So when I posted this, I had so much feedback in regards to it. So many people saying, thank you for saying something. Thank you for saying something. Because if a large company, if a large organization like Hispanicize, which John Leguizamo is on the board of one of the companies that owns Hispanicize, and I'm a John Leguizamo fan. So I'm like, I need to figure out who who we can talk to to figure this out. But the point being, if a large organization like Hispanicize is not willing to pay our people, then how are we to build the confidence in ourselves to advocate for ourselves? And how does that make us want to pay each other? So there is my little rant because obviously right after this, we have Latina Equal Pay Day. And Latina Equal Pay Day is October 22nd, 21st. And that means it takes the average Latina woman almost 10 months longer to make the same dollar that the average white man makes on January 1st. So as we're getting closer, my friend Pam from Cafe Con Pam, and you guys, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me talk about Pam um, and how just truly amazing she is. So we've gotten together to create an experience, a Latin Equal Payday experience. And we are charging for the event. And the reason we're charging for the event is because we believe it's very important that everybody who's part of this event, who is giving of their time and their expertise and their experience should be paid. Because if we're not willing to, again, it goes back to the whole cycle. If we're not willing to pay for ourselves or advocate for ourselves, we can't keep asking our friends for discounts if they own a small business. We can't keep assuming that we're going to get things for free. This event is at the only Latina-owned brew house in San Diego at Mujeres Brew House in Barrio Logan. We have to pay the venue. They're providing food and drinks. We would not ask them to donate that. We're working with Latina vendors and they're providing things that are going into these bags. So the part of the ticket price goes to that. We're paying for decorations. We are paying the speakers. So if the speakers, I have been part of panels and I know other people have been part of panels and we're asked to give of our time, but we want to value the time and experience that these people are giving. And we want, and we have offered all of these speakers to pay them, which is always shocking when people hear that. And then even myself and Pam, we are putting so much blood, sweat, and tears, so much time into doing this. Now we're the last part of that, right? Everybody else has to get paid first. But ultimately the value of it and the value of the experience that we're bringing and knowing that your money, like anybody who buys a ticket, then those people know that their money is going to these places. It's helping to pay for these things. Their ticket price is helping grow the community within Latina Equal Pay Day, right? We're showing our support for our fellow Latinas. So I'm really hoping, you know, and at the end of the year, I'll kind of give you an update on that. But really, we want people to pay up, right? It's important to use our voices, but it's just as important to use our pocketbook. And if we don't do that, then we cannot expect to continue to move forward. So there is my little rant. Those are the things I wanted to get off my chest, So I hope it wasn't too much. I hope it wasn't too intense. I'm sorry. I just like all of these things are building up for so long. And I'm sitting here looking like in my dining room, looking at this sign in my, in my kitchen that says, that's making me smile and helping alleviate, right? It's this sign that says, as for me and my house, we will serve tacos, guac 24 (laughs) seven. You know, I'm going to finish sipping on my wine and go back to watching football and feel better that I was able to really release this. And I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope, I mean, if you don't agree with me, that's totally okay. I would love to hear 
your opinions. Just don't be mean, right? Because there's room for all of our opinions. This is just my opinion of what I think. That doesn't mean you have to agree with it. I think, I don't know, but I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you guys so much for continuing to listen. Actually, you know what? Let me give a couple of shout outs because I haven't given a couple of shout outs in a while. And we've had some like really interesting listeners from across the globe. So obviously like the most listeners come from the U.S., but I really wanted to kind of give some shout outs in regards to some really unexpected places. So recently we've had listeners, I think we had some from the Netherlands, which was crazy. Spain is actually the second highest country and then Canada and then Great Britain and then Puerto Rico and then Mexico, Dominican Republic, Honduras, the Netherlands, and then Germany. Those are the top 10 countries. Oh my gosh. So it looks like we just, this is so random. Central, I just, I'm looking at the map right now and China, I guess apparently, I don't, I don't think that's China. I don't know. I have to, it looks like it's somewhere in the Pacific, but I have to figure out where that is. But we've had, I've recently saw some downloads from Italy in the States. California is the highest of, you know, concentrated area. And then Texas and Arizona and New York. So I just want to say thank you guys. Giving little shout outs to the different countries and the different areas. You guys have been so supportive. And at the end of the year, I will give you an update. I don't know if I said on the podcast, I've said on social media that my mom is going through, she just finished chemo for breast cancer and she has a month off and then she starts radiation. And I will give you guys an update at the end of the year in regards to all of that. But every there's been so much love that has been sent. And I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you guys so much more than you could ever know. I've been brought to tears by some of the things that you have sent me and I have read um, good tears and I have been humbled and I hope that we continue to do, continue to work towards this and work towards continuing to build this community of uplifting and amplifying these voices that need to be heard that can represent all of us. So until next time, mi gente, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Chisme on our website, thewineandchismepodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Chisme on Instagram and at The Wine and Chisme Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Chisme, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more.